Take a walk through Seoul's 500 years of ghastly murders, forbidden history, and hidden scandals. Listen to tales of Korea's deepest, darkest secrets. What lies under the concrete? Or who? The Dark Side of Soul Ghost Walk at darksideofsoul.com Book now, if you dare. And welcome to the Dark Side of Soul podcast. This is Joe. This is Sean. And you had questions for us, and we're going to do our best to make up answers for you. <laughs> you have questions. Yeah. 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 I, I put out a, um, every now and again on Instagram, I put up uh, this thing that's, you know, ask us anything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a big, you know, you'll get like famous people. Uh, doing stuff like that and then and whatnot famous, and or famous people ask us questions uh no no neither no. okay <laughs> so no to both um yeah we're waiting and, for you margaret show well i've chatted with her so yeah um <laughs> um but um anyway so i decided um and, and then i asked the questions or i put the i don't ask i put the, the thing up on the, the instagram story and you know ask us anything and then we get a bunch and then i answer to some of the more interesting questions uh and then i thought hey we could we could do an episode like that so i didn't reply to any of the questions on the instagram story and everyone i i listed as i told i said that we'll answer these on an upcoming episode so this is the episode so if you if you asked us a question we might we just might answer it here now yeah. today. Wow, we have an active Instagram. Um, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's not yeah. not 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 mad active, but it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I know if I did that on the Zen Kimchi one, no one would say anything. Just, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. We, Maybe they say like, follow follow me. Oh uh, yeah, I follow get a lot of those in crypto. Yeah, I, we get a lot of stuff. that says, "Look look how wet I am." It's like, oh yeah, no. Really, <laughs> it was pretty rainy today. <laughs> yeah so so here's our ask us anything and we may if if it's it's a light episode but some of the questions ask about history and folklore and, and i said that i said the, the questions geared towards history folklore and culture will be given priority there was one question that it'll be i think it's the last question here today um I, if we get to it, it yeah and it's a, oh oh I got it I totally got yeah, that one yeah and I'd like to answer it because there is a cultural modern cultural foundation behind this question oh okay so so, so that's Fine. why I decided that's why I decided to keep it in fine so, yeah and I all right do know spoiler you, I, I mean I'm not there's a tease man stick around to the end of this end of the podcast so you hear that question <laughs> yeah and I do know you do something so that's why I thought yeah, you'd like to answer. I do yeah yeah, yeah. so so anyway so no no more no more goofing around. All right. Let's jump in. All right. Who, are so, you reading the questions or am I? Oh, let's, the let's, questions. Tra- let's trade off. I'll, I'll All read right. the first one and then All we'll right. trade All off. Right. Okay. Right. So the first question, and I'm only going to say people's uh, first names. I'm not going to give everyone's full name on their All Instagram. Right. Um, so Harley asked us, okay. did Cor- mm-hmm. Okay, Ms. Quinn. <laughs> um, Ms. Davidson. Um, did <laughs> Korea have a caste system 
and uh, we both have an answer to that. So mm. yours. So um, a straight, straight answer. Yes. Yes. There was, there was a caste system in Korea. Yeah. yeah. What can you say about it, Joe? Well, the one I'm bringing up is during the Shila era, the Shila dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, they're were, they were called the bone ranks, and there were like 17 different office ranks that you, could, you inherited your office. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a long, long time ago, back when Tiger smoked pipes, yeah, nah, I, nah. I, um, I tried to put together a social media network um, back in the early days of like when Facebook was first starting to get big. And Twitter was was still like, I mean, I mean, I don't even think Elon Musk was even on Twitter back then. Um, <laughs> uh, I tried to put together a social network called ChatGip, and I was using software that was cheap. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. like Tea House, mm-hmm. Tea House, but and chat chatting. Yeah. See. Mm-hmm. Um. So. <laughs> yeah, I was I was using I was using uh I was like I do with everything. I was jury rigging stuff that was already existed and put it together and try to make a social network out of it. And mm. part of it was the more you participated, you would have a different bone rank based on that. And I based the bone ranks on the Sheila bone rank system. Very nerdy. Did not work. Mm. <laughs> only <laughs> I think only like a total of ten people even signed up for this social network after all the work and money I poured into making it. Mm. Yeah, it well, doesn't work. You didn't pour enough millions into it. Yeah, it was <laughs> I, like I people already just had enough social networks. Why would they want to do a Korea social network for English mm. speakers? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was trying to be the next Dave's Cafe, you know. Right, right. Which is still around. We've said yeah, just recently. So, trying to be like, I thought it was going to be the next big thing was to be, do that. Right. Nope. Nope. I always thought Bone Rank would be a good name for an album, not a band. It'd be a good album name, Bone Rank. Name for my porn name. (laughs) Bone Rank. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Your bone is ranked, Joe. Bone Rank. Um, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, and then. then, Big Jim Slade. All right, yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah, and then in Chosun as well, more in more recent history, there there was um, definitely a caste system. And uh, it, it followed, of course, at the top were the royalty and the nobility, which were the the Yangban. And that's something to point out. I think I find that uh, some people tend to mix up royalty and nobility. They think they're the same thing, but they're not. No, no. Uh, there, there is a difference. So royalty are, are, is the ruling class, the governmental ruling class. Uh, and the nobility is the elite class, just below the the royalty, essentially. Yeah. So they're, in they're the aristocracy, sitting around, sitting around writing poetry all day, and, and growing and growing their fingernails long. So yeah, they're pinky um, nails. They're pinky nails. Right, right. And so that's the yangban in Korea. Then there was the middle class, which was the the jungin, which literally means middle people. Uh, then there was the commoners, the sangmin, and then there was the lowborn, the the chunmin, which were um, consisted of a few, a few other, a few other um, uh, groups. So there was like the nobi, which were the slaves, uh, and then there was the pekjong, which were yeah. kind of like you'd say were the untouchables. And we talked about that in our majang market episode, right? Right. And so yeah. So so that's it. So yes, there definitely was a caste system. Groovy. There you go. So there you go. Go. there's your answer. Thanks, Harvey. That that's just, that 
Thanks, Harley. 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 That, is it Harvey? Uh, Harley. Gosh, Sean. I can't take you anywhere, can I? No. Nope. All right. So um, this ties into my answer for the next question. This is from Jan. Mm-hmm. As in the walk with Jan. Okay. You don't remember Stephen Jan. Okay. It's not Stephen Jan. From Jan. I remember walk with Jan. Walk I with love Jan. walk I with mean, Jan. That's, dude, I, mean, I, made, that was, I, made, I made beef with broccoli tonight, and it's still what I learned from walk with Jan when I was like eight years old. Walk with Jan was quintessential Canadian television. Yeah. Walk with Jan. Yeah. yeah. I watched it in Alabama, man. Taught me, got, mm. really got me into cooking Chinese food. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what are minor things you don't like about Korean life? Sean, you want to go first? Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I think these are things I, I remember talking about for remember maybe on the ugly. Oh, you've American talked about soap. this. Yeah. You talked about this. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, unnecessarily locking doors, the unnecessarily locked doors. When you go through two doors, one of them's locked. Yep. What the, I hate that. It's a minor thing. It doesn't impact my life in Korea in any way, except if I'm trying to escape a burning building, it might impact me then. But I ultimately hate that. It drives me nuts. It's just because it's so unnecessary and no one can explain to me the rationale behind it. So it drives me bonkers. Um, And a lack of communication when you, uh, before, within like administrative services. And oh, we talked. We talked about that in, in general. Our just, in, just, yeah. just you know, you just, if you're not plugged into the matrix, you know, plugged mm. the matrix or the the board collective, you don't get the information yeah. you need. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, so many too many people that work as foreigners here only find out the last minute. There's like there's a field trip that day. Right. <laughs> they right. have a new yeah. class. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone else yeah. knew it. Yeah. Except the person who has to actually do it. So. Yeah. So th- those are things that now. now when it's administrative, if, if it's in like immigration or something, and we talked about that in our recent immigration episode, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that type of thing can be very frustrating. Um, a little bit more than a minor thing. It can, it can actually cost you money. Yeah. It can affect people's yeah. livelihoods. Yeah. 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 So, so that's it. That's the, those are the only things I could really come up with. The, the door thing drives me crazy. Yeah. That's a small one. Mine, mine, I think are just bigger. Mm-hmm. uber things around like i always talk about the obsession with status and image and people are like but but america does it. yeah i know i know but korea does it times 10 um with status i really in particular with um with lots of but 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 for one thing you see a lot of what how um people from southeast asia are treated um because of this obsession with status and for the longest time um uh, animal welfare, animal welfare has been an issue because I really think this animals were just considered just so low in status and it, it, it just, everything was so hierarchical. Everything is so hierarchical that it, it just affects so many parts of the life of, of, of society. Um, I, you know, I, I tend to see it as it's just the underlying current between a lot of people's bad behavior is they think I am higher in status than this person all the way down to cars versus pedestrians. Right. Cars are above in the hierarchy than pedestrians and motorcycles are above pedestrians as well. And so they, they oh, always have the right yeah. way. Yes. Especially on sidewalks. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the, the whole thing about gap and everything. It's all gap Right. Right. The other thing is image. We've talked about this a lot. We talked about this immigration episode. It's about uh, putting a, putting a fresh coat of paint on a condemned house rather than fixing the house. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, 
uh, all the way down to um, I was playing with some. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, I, I don't know. I was going to go into something about like Korean, like talking to friends about Korean dating and stuff like that. Is there's more of an obsession over image than in the shallow in what we call shallow properties than other cultures had going on dating sites. Like first off, it's always about no one under no one under 175 centimeters, <laughs> or you know stuff like that. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, right away it's like just that. Um, but um. Yeah, just be more obsessed with how something looks than how something is in so many parts of life. And that that's really annoying to me. I, I, just a long time ago when, when they were starting the Korean food promotion back in 2008, the email back administration, a uh, company I worked with was sort of getting involved in that. And they were trying to – back then, Korea didn't have a celebrity chef. Right now, we have Baek Jung-won who's basically has his his, his face on everything, in, including ashtrays. I don't know. And um, the, the obsession was was whether or not someone was good-looking enough to be a celebrity chef. They didn't care about how he cooked. It had to be a he, by the way. But they didn't care about how he, hook, he cooked. They care more about does he, does he look like a model? Does he look like a, a K-pop star? They, they, that's what they wanted at first. And before a long time, we were getting a string of these young chefs who were kind of mediocre in the kitchen and they were getting popular and then they would just kind of disappear a bit. Um, got a chain of those. And then Beck Chung one came about and a guy actually, I mean, you gotta say it. He did make his bones. Uh, if you watch, um, I go Bart has uh, welcome to my dong series. He's recently done a, uh, a, a video on Nonhyun? I think it was Nonhyun. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Nonhyun Dong in, in Gangnam, right? Yeah, right. yeah. And that's where Baek Chung Wan got his start. And he, he used to own, it was a nightlife area, and Baek Chung Wan opened like, fifth, had 15 restaurants, started with one restaurant, but went up to 15 in that one area, just catering to uh, Korea's CD nightlife. Mm-hmm. Gangnam CD, CD nightlife. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, anyway. Well, a big tangent I'm going on. But uh, you you find these two things are always just at the forefront is status and image, and that a lot of Korea's internal and external problems come from this obsession with status and image. And it's not just South Korea; it's not a modern thing that the West brought because uh, North Korea is, does that as well. Everything is about the show. Um, I've, if you read any books about from uh, uh, people who've escaped North Korea, they talk about their life in North Korea. Did I say South, escape South Korea, escape North Korea, escape North Korea. Mm. Yeah, um, they they uh, they talk about even even inside there. There's this obsession with status in North Korea, and obsession with how things look rather than how things are. Same thing there. Mm. Um, another uh, small thing I've been running to a lot is I live in an area where a lot, a lot of new towns are being built. A lot of new neighborhoods are being built from scratch. So they're desi- it's not they're not built. They're not done organically. Like if you go inside middle of Seoul, you still find these whining alleyways and they're historical because they were, they were, they, those, those neighborhoods were started before there were cars. Right. And that's how they are. But now we have cars <laughs> and they're, 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 they're designing architects and engineers building these new neighborhoods are already planned and designed. Then they build these planned neighborhoods away from a subway station with hardly any parking. 
hardly any parking. I live in Gimpo. You ever go to Jangidong? If you ever go to Jangidong in Gimpo, I mean, Jangidong is around a little over 15 years old. And uh, you go there, and it's impossible to park in that area. And it's just hell. I, I went there last week, and I have to find some – I have to do parking hacks. Every time I go into that area, there is zero underground parking, almost zero underground parking, no parking decks. You just have to just find a place on the street somewhere and park illegally somewhere. Um, I'm visiting a friend over in Bupyong and talking to her all the time. <laughs> all the time when I'm talking to her, she's like, I'm sorry, man. It took me 30 minutes to find a parking space. <laughs> just to go to her own house. It's just, and it's a new, that, that's a fairly new area that was designed and they just did not factor in parking. It, I think it's, it's strange because that seems to be especially a big issue for, for these big new towns. But if you go to some small areas like where I live, there's usually some parking lot that's public. Yeah. Like well, when you come see yeah. me, when you come at my way, there's the big parking lot where you always park. Yeah. In my area, I mean, I'm going to tell you guys where I live. I mean, I'm going to tell you exactly where I live. I live in Pumudong <laughs> in Gempo. Um, we're one of the newest new towns and there's actual parking here, parking there. Right. Uh, right. Every building has to have underground parking. And there's a, there's a separate parking deck you can go into as well, affordable parking deck. So we do have parking in Pumudong, but you go to Jungidong, which was before us, zero, zero. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's frustrating. Um, another small one. Okay. So I'm going on the list. Here we go. Lack of situational awareness. I'm not talking about Nunchi. Nunchi. I'm not, not, not I'm talking about Nunchi. I thought lack of situational awareness. As in, when you, when you ride right in the escalator and you get to the bottom of the escalator, Keep moving. Don't stand at the bottom of the escalator when there's a group of people behind you. I know. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things like that. Things like yeah. that. Yeah. Take, take not, your blinders off. Not being aware that other people are around you and trying to share the same space with you. Mm. Um, and the last one is Korean TV variety shows. They all suck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they all suck. They all have the same group of people. They all mm. have the same group of people. And they're not funny. <laughs> they act like they act like you remember remember it's like when you when your family used to get together family reunions and the kids get bored and so they try and they try to make a stage in front of the adults to try to get their attention by acting goofy that's yeah. Korean variety shows <laughs> it's kids trying to get attention for themselves that's what it is we'll return to the podcast after this message in our first comic we explored ghastly Korean folk tales while walking the streets of Seoul. This time, we are ambling the Korean highlands with terror tales set in those storied landscapes. Welcome to the dark side of Seoul, weird tales from Korean lore, Mountains of the Macabre. That's funny how that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I I don't I don't watch them, so they don't bother me. No, no, but they used to be on, and I, and every time I see them, and I've been on, I've sort of been on some of them. Um, right. We we have moved past the era, the very embarrassing part where women, the only thing they could contribute was to do a sexy dance. <laughs> That's right. what they contribute. Mm. So their right. value to the variety show panel was to get up right. and do a sexy dance. <laughs> Yeah, we don't do that. I don't think we do that as much anymore. Right. 
All right. Have I gotten that all off? Ooh, okay. Those are, those are my little things. I, mean, that, I love it here. I love it here. Great times. <laughs> other, than, other than the variety shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, so the next one. And, Korean uh, swimsuits. Oh, swim sorry. Suit. Swimming pools. Swimming pools. Oh, sorry. Now I'm going on a tangent. Swimming well, hold pool. On now. <laughs> Swimming culture. Okay. That go for you it. Cannot Last one. Take room. So surgically remove all the fun out of things like swimming. Yeah. You can't go to a swimming pool without having to follow all these rules, including the stupid swim cap. Even mm. if you're bald, you got to wear that. I'm not bald, but Sean, you know, um, I, sh- I, I, sh- I shave my head. Yeah. You shave your head. You, ch- you choose to, you choose. It's a, yeah. it's a lifestyle yeah. choice. Yes. Um, yeah. All these rules and you can't, you have to be in a certain lane. You have to swim. You don't have, you can't play in the pool going to a, korean water park no matter what your skill level no matter how shallow the water is you have to wear a life jacket no fun especially for a big guy like me where it barely comes around it barely clicks on me no no fun fun. so i'm trying to explain my daughter when she goes to america's like you won't believe in america's parks you're not required to wear a life jacket you can swim as much as you want (laughs) <laughs> we have we actually have lifeguards who are trained and they will save you if you're in trouble right. yeah we we one time we were in a, in a and you just made me think of the stooges the 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 band the stooges mm. pop the song mm-hmm. no fun it's a great song um and uh, it also made me think of short round in temple of doom he says playing with you is no fun um <laughs> but uh one time we were swimming in my uh, in a hotel pool and there was a, a lifeguard there and my daughter was in one of those inner tubes and it tipped and she, I was right next to her, but, and so she went under, but I was next to her, right? We were playing around. So, yeah. so she was underwater for maybe two seconds and, uh, I, and I picked, and I picked her back up yeah. and then like, she was coughing a bit. She didn't cry or anything. She thought it was fun. Then we were, <laughs> we were leaving and she was young. She was maybe six years old at the time uh-huh. and, and um, five, five or six years old. And she walks right up to the, so the lifeguard and says to him straight face. She says, I fell in the water. Why didn't you do anything to save me? <laughs> do your job. Do your job. <laughs> and he, he didn't laugh. He didn't, he didn't think it was, he just looked at her. So he was a bit of a jerk. <laughs> oh, well, but anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, we could do an episode. All right, I'll, I'll, question, I'll read the next but, question. I'll read the next okay. question because you have the answer. Okay. For it. All okay. right. Okay. This is, I've heard this before. Um, did Japan really for when, when, when Korea was a Japanese colony, uh, did Japan really force Korea to change its spelling from C to K? Cause you sometimes see Korea spelled with C C O R E A, like the Spanish spelling of Korea in French. Yeah. Several several uh, languages they spell it yeah see right well, those are the right. same people who call souls um, yeah, yeah right right <laughs> this is from barb barb yeah barb's question so um very quick very quick uh answer no absolutely not japan did not do that that's that's a complete myth it's an urban legend there's no evidence for it and worst of all it is it really makes this assumption that japan a non-english speaking country put enough significance on English speakers to want to have Korea spelt with a K just be so Japan spelt with a J would fall before Korea when both countries are listed 
alphabetically. Yeah. Like, what, what, like then why wouldn't they do it for change it? How would the, how would they control that? Yeah, you <laughs> how know, would they have Japan don't care about English. Actually, uh, I was talking to someone uh, yesterday, this weekend, and they said recently since the Olympics and recent Olympics in Japan, there's more English in Japan than there was before. Oh, okay. Right. I've been back so. there since the since the virus, so I don't know. Right. But I remember well, this, Japan, not very English friendly. Uh, when right. I was at the train station in Kyoto, went to the information booth, and the only English there was the word information. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes like in Korea, too. <laughs> yeah, but Korea's um, a little more English uh, friendly. Yeah, 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 for sure. But of course, this, this is, this is we're talking here, we're talking 100, 115, 110, 115 years ago, the beginning. But no, Japan didn't do that. This this is an urban, an urban myth, an urban legend that's been perpetuated and I find that it's really being perpetuated more and more um, on social media these days. Is it, um, not, and, is it not Vank doing this? <laughs> oh, God. No, I don't know. I don't, pro- probably. They probably are. Um, I haven't heard but, from them in a while. But I, but I do see this often on on social media especially on instagram and stuff uh like from overseas like korean americans the the Uh, kind of they 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 i'm not saying all of them but i i see it happening on a lot of korean american um i guess not only american but korean canadian korean british yeah i see uh uh, they're 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 starting they're believing the myth they're being wow i wouldn't expect them to be as nationalistic as those who are living inside the country I mean, maybe broadly they aren't. I'm not uh, sure. I, I, I'm not. They would have more Japanese friends, you know, Japanese American friends, Japanese Canadian friends. You know, right? Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not. I can't really comment on that. But I mean, I do see it still being perpetuated today, and social media is doing it. Korea, Japan, absolutely did not force Korea to or, or change how you spell Korea from a C to a K, just so Korea could fall below japan on english <laughs> english, well, english get, japan gets called, called before a, korea on the olympics you know no so like why what why would japan put any weight on something like that and why wouldn't they do it with for the other languages that spell it with c so yeah uh, right yeah so right and, and what kind of power does why would japan be able to have that ability to do they that they would have called china china yeah, that's right. Why did why why didn't they why did why didn't they uh, change China as well? Because they did occupy China. Because it as was J I N A B after Japan. Yeah, yeah. Did you would snicker every time someone said China? Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> so, this is change, where we change. moved. Okay, we get the explicit tag for just that one. Okay. Right. Or cha- yeah, right. Change it to a J, China, so it's behind. China. Or or just change China. to a K, China. So, well, I mean, but you can say China, J, T, T, C, H, and J are close close to each other. You say it's Chungguk, it's the Middle Kingdom. You know. It's, it's, yeah. 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 I mean, so no, it's a myth that that did not happen. There's no evidence for it. It makes a lot of strange assumptions about things. What what even like an occupying power would have put. Like what did the, the? Why would they even think of that? Like why would they care? Yeah. If they're already if they're already controlling the country, why would they care? It yeah. just doesn't make any sense. See, if I was in control, yeah, I would be putting T at the end of Japan. It should be called Japanti. 
That'd be a T-Y. Every, when I was a teacher, every time I said that to my students, I called Japan Japanty. Oh, my God. They would all laugh. That's <laughs> Japanty. <laughs> yeah. So, so no. Urban legend didn't happen. No evidence for it. Uh, there can be... There's plenty of claims that it happened, but no one can... No one has evidence for it. So, uh, so Barb, no. It did not happen. Thank you, Barb, though. Thanks for helping us clear that up. Yeah. Okay, so the next one was really a Joe-centric. It was a Joe question, a oh, Joe-centric crap. question. Man, oh. I have to do some work. Shit. Oh, so um, I couldn't really think of an answer. This is all you, Joe. Um, okay. What are things about K-food? This is from Winnie. Winnie asks, what are things about K-food? I'm just going to say Korean food. I can't please, get on the K- don't call K-food, please. I'm going to get on. The, I can't get on the K-train. Um just, just Korean food. Um, With, and not seafood. That, We're not calling it seafood. <laughs> Both the C. Right. It's not seafood. They, that's right. The one they spell it. The K, what, yeah. So, sea uh, pop, sea um, <laughs> dramas. Uh, oh, so, man. C sections. <laughs> Jesus. You go over sit in the C section. We've gone off the um, rails so quickly. So. I know doesn't take much um so what are things about korean food that few people know Winnie wants Winnie wants to know uh, you know, know i was trying to think food. you know as soon as we stop doing that as, as soon like tomorrow i'm gonna wake up and go oh my god i should have said this mm. but i was just wrecking my brains and stuff i've already said before okay what people that outside korea don't know that much about dakabi i've discovered oh that's that's unfortunate yeah it's funny it's funny because i mean i do the food tours and it's just people that think they know korean food well not think they, but they're familiar with korean food in their hometowns there's not as much duck galbi out there it seems like and but i think it's because it's a fairly recent thing uh as in the 70s uh but in the 70s my god 70s is 50 years ago um but it, it's chicken galbi it's 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 this dish born uh from chunchun from a college town is for college kid, poor college kids food. And it's just awesome. good stuff. Everyone loves so, it. I so know good. very few people who don't like duck gobby and those people are communist atheist. <laughs> yeah. One thing I'll say that was one thing that I, that I've heard maybe to add to this, and I'm just thinking of this now, the, the, some of our, our clients that I've had tour clients that I've had that have, tried that galbi have all told me they've had it the, the current trend way which is with tons and tons of cheese on it yeah 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 i don't like that i don't uh, like it i'm i'm agnostic about it i still like it. Uh, you know and what i like is the soup the the charcoal grilled version if you can get your hands yeah. on that one that's so, so good, good. So yeah and I'll, but you know and I'll, mm. yeah and, and then related to that maybe something i i i'm again now i'm thinking now that we're talking about it um that related to that i just said i don't like that i'll be with the modern the, this cheese and rose trend with korean food oh, rose, I, don't, yeah. I, I hate it i really really don't like it and um i've met clients who think dakuki should be should, should have cheese and cream in it they think that's the way it should be i, I don't like dakuki anyway dakuki the, on the I'm streets not, is too sweet it's chef boyardee it's like spaghettios when you go yeah. to an adult place like my favorite place i have dakuki is on our barbecue tours we go to this one place this pub it's not a mm-hmm. kid-friendly pub and it's mm-hmm. spicy and it's not sweet 
It's proper. Yeah, it's proper. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a chain called Jaws Boat Duck Bookie. I think it might be dying Jaws. out now. I like Jaws. It's a they're, they're thick, tweak, tweak them is good. Yeah, they're just, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, their their yeah. fried stuff is really good, really fresh tasting, um, yeah. light and fresh. Um, no, but uh, their their duck bookie is a dark blood red sauce. Um, there's yeah. one called Tuxan. Tuxan. Uh, there's there's one at this um. Uh, f- uh, upscale food court in Apgajong, and they have another branch over in Anguk. Um, that is some deep, dark, blood red sauce that is like gravy. It's a thick gravy. That's proper. To- I like that tteokbokki. That's some good yeah. stuff. I'm not. I love tteokbokki sauce if it's done like way, the way you're describing it. The real, the older style. Mm, it's like. Yeah, it's like tomato paste. It looks like tomato paste. Just it's such, mm. such a good rustic food. Mm-hmm. It's just, I just, I love it. Um, but I, but I, I'm not, I'm not really fussy about the duck very much. Like I'll no. eat some of the the rice cake, but I always will have. I'll order it, and I'll always get the the twigum, the the fried stuff, yeah. and then. And then have that with the sauce. Oh, I yeah, love it. it's I fantastic. like to do Kim Tuxun, where you just take you take the tteokbokki and you take the the chicken, the fried stuff, and you get some sundae, and you mm. you just dump that sauce all on top of it all. Love it. Oh, so that's good. so good because that fried stuff with the sauce goes great. I'm salivating right now. Then you get some mm. good old bloody, you know, some livery tasting sundae that goes perfect, matches that sauce just right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so little, near, yeah, good stuff. N- Near Kyunghee-gung, the palace that's on my regular tour and on Joe's extended tour, there is, the, the, well, there's a museum village that's there. And when I go on my regular tour, we walk through this museum village. Oh, yeah. Donimun. Donimun. Donimun village. Sorry, Donimun. Yeah, yeah, museum village. And there is a small restaurant there that's called Hakyo Apunshik. Ah, means- yeah. It's always closed when I go there. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they they shut at like six or seven o'clock at oh, night. So okay. uh, it's it's run by four or five elderly women, and they make the food old style. So you get doshirak, oh. you get you get like a bibimbap doshirak that you got to shake, and Ooh, and the best. and um, you get dakboki, and you get like yeah, you get mandu, and, and we go there. Yeah, the doshirak a lot. This is this is a Korean word. It's like a bento, but mm-hmm. unlike the Japanese bento, where they're obsessed. There's one case where Korea is not obsessed with image, where Japan mm-hmm. is more obsessed with image. image Japan is more obsessed with image than flavor. Um, woohoo! That, that's we're gonna piss people off. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Japanese food doesn't taste like anything, but it's pretty. Um, yeah, you, they spend all their time making pretty little Hello Kitty bentos that don't taste like anything. The Korean bento, the doshirak, is in a metal box. Everything is put in a certain place, but then you shake the crap out of it. Then you open it up and it looks like you just threw up in there, but it's delicious. It's it fantastic. so yeah. good. Yeah. So, so th- this place, so we go there and, and whenever first, uh, I mean, almost every time we go there, my wife eats it, eats the duck and she goes, Oh, it tastes like memories. Mm-hmm. So it's very nostalgic. So it's designed to be like that. It's designed. That. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's designed to be like Dukboki restaurants in the 1980s. Oh, okay. So the, we should make a field trip there sometime. We should check it out. Then. It's I great. Need to go, it's I need great. to check it out. Yeah. During the day. Yeah, good. Go there in the daytime. Yeah. Yeah, I've never it's been great. there in the day. Yeah. So um, good stuff. 
Yeah, the other secret I would say we've mentioned this in one of our secrets of Korean food shows is a lot. A lot of popular Korean dishes are not that old, including cabbage mm-hmm. kimchi. Right. Cabbage kimchi did not get popular until the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, most of the chicken dishes, of course, fried chicken, but also dak galbi, um, uh, uh, galbi chim, oh, not uh, 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 jim dak or dak jim. Uh, yeah, that did not get popular. Most bunchik, most anything that involves flour, anything fried, or anything like like odang, all that stuff. Even dokboki was not that was not a big thing. That was actually reserved for the royalty, and then became big after the sixties. Mm. A lot of the stuff didn't really come big into the, until after the sixties. Like that we, like we were just saying, yeah, that was cream king, barbecue. That was- cream barbecue mm. totally even the 80s it was in fact people are going back the, the trend right now is to get 80s style barbecue where meat was still so expensive that you could only get it the pork that was frozen and shaved which is delicious mm. frozen shaved pork belly oh my god when you crisp that up <laughs> on the grill oh so good yeah that, mm. that's a trend right now is to go back to that old style but that that's because korean barbecue is still a new th- this for rich people's food Right. It's interesting how like and we just talked about dakboki, how that was that was that was the king's food and it wasn't made it wasn't spicy initially, it was made with soy sauce. Yeah. Uh, the gunjung, yeah. Gunjung yeah. Uh, if you yeah. go down to oh my god, what's the name of the market? Oh, it's gonna hit me. It's one on the west side of Gumbukong. Um the Sejong food street. It's near there, but it starts with the T. Uh Anyway, this is the market there, and there there's some stands that do uh, wok fried topoki, mm. like an original palace style, and it's crispy on the outside. It's beautiful oh. stuff. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Do that. So interesting how that food shifted from royalty food to commoner food in modern times. Elementary school kid food, you know. Yeah, yeah, next I to, love it. Next to Pokemon shaped Pikachu shaped dunkus. Those so are like awful. my dot. Da- my daughter just this this past school year she started to like dakboki and there's a there's a, a little place next to her school that sells kapoki so the dakboki oh, they, they, they put it in a cup yeah and it's mm. chunan yeah yeah just a thousand so, one okay Dada. Yeah. yeah and so like that's great that's that it creates memory she eats with her friends and they talk and stuff yeah, they're Gia creating memories yeah, creating memories that. I love the memories she's making with her friends, but she, now yeah. she's at the age they're going to cafes. They're oh. doing. They're going out for malatang together. That's their thing now. Malatang <laughs> is her generation's right. thing. Right, right. Good stuff. Mm. So there you go. All right. Yeah. What do we got next, Joe? Um, next all right. Um, did Koreans also believe the Earth was flat during Christopher Columbus's time? This is from Connor. So Connor, Sarah, Sarah Connor. <laughs> yeah um oh thank you winnie the poo before the last one uh, your previous one yeah or, or winnie from uh, uh, go, um 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 not golden year go, never mind wonder years wonder uh, yeah. years yeah winnie wonder cooper years. winnie, winnie yeah. cooper yeah mm. uh so yeah so did koreans believe did, or did they also believe the earth was flat when columbus was alive in columbus time um that's a very very simple question to answer because no one believed that it's a myth that's another historic myth Europeans, as it look at, especially scholars and scientists uh, and navigators, did not believe that the Earth was flat. Well, one big thing, if 
pretty sure I'm getting this correct, is that there were disagreements about the size of the earth, but oh, yeah. Circum- yeah, yeah. about its circumference. Yeah. But there was very little debate about whether it was round. It was spherical. It, most people knew it was All you spherical. have to do is look at the horizon when you're on the, in the, That's the right. ocean. Nav- navigators knew this. And, yeah. um, and they had known it for a very long time. So the Greeks knew it. A Pythagorean, what's his name? No, Pythagoras. 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 Pythagoras knew this. Um, so, so you know, these are centuries before BC, uh, centuries BC. So, um, the Greeks were math geniuses. So they've had it all figured out ages ago in in you know ancient times. Yeah. So the the idea that that people believed Earth was flat in columbus's time and all this link to christopher columbus is all is all it's pop history it's fake none it's not true it's, it's yeah. all a myth but i'd say um, more koreans believe in the flat earth now than they did back then <laughs> possibly <laughs> <laughs> more people in general yeah very likely Isn't yeah that funny <laughs> yeah so uh, oh god but um but i i don't know very specifically about koreans but the chinese chinese scholars learned of 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 a spherical earth at least by the late 13th century Mm -hmm. um they were writing about it by at least the 17 the late 17th century Mm -hmm. and so because of korea's link with china uh, as a tributary state during those times Mm -hmm. koreans very likely knew it as well yeah that earth was not flat yeah, so. but 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 Koreans also knew the world revolved around Korea, still do. Well, the Chinese believe that that was a but big part middle, of them. Kingdom, yeah, the Middle yeah. Kingdom. That was a big part of them. They had to come to terms with that when they realized, oh, <laughs> okay, it's not because yeah. So there was an older mythology in China that the Earth was a disc, Earth was flat, and then the heavens were round or a dome. Mm-hmm. So uh, so yes, that existed in China. That was part of its old mythology but that was gone by at least at least the 17th century so which is roughly 200 years after columbus or so 150 Mm -hmm. years or so after columbus so and um uh and so koreans very likely they knew they knew as well by that time that earth was earth was not flat okay so there you go there you go connor thanks there we go thanks for that all right. Um, um, oh, this next one is uh, pretty much, I guess, the way they're ordered there is. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm curious about this one. Okay. So Nancy asked. Uh, oh, Nancy, I liked you in Stranger Things. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, differences between national treasure and treasure. So, Nancy, what are the differences between national treasures and treasures? So, uh, the only difference. Uh, really, basically, first of all, I'll break it down. So Korea does have in its heritage preservation system, they have national treasures at the top and then it goes down to treasure and then there's a like historic site, there's scenic site. Uh, then it goes down to um, folk folklore treasures and then there's then intangible treasures and stuff like that. Oh, intangibles, yes. The intangibles. and And so... Basically, the only difference is national treasures are rated higher than treasures. They're deemed a little bit more, they're deemed more important. They they would get Um, more attention from Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's the difference. Nick Cage. Okay. Okay. Um, So, and 
But national treasures are considered rare. They have more value, but also interestingly, and this is this is what, what the system says, they have more value to humankind. So the Korean government, the, the Cultural Heritage Administration, is saying that certain things within Korea have value to humankind. Um, so th- that's the difference. Treasures don't. And that's basically it. Both of them include only tangible item, tangible heritage. Uh, so uh, locations, not intangible things like um, processes of doing things, songs, dances, uh, religious uh, ceremonies. All those things are intangible heritage. Um, there is a numbering system. This confuses a lot of people. They think the numbering system means something. It doesn't. It's just administrative, which dates back to the original heritage system in Korea, which was developed by Japan. Yeah, and so, I think the numbering system is just just number like in order of when they've done it. That means it's like one's better than yeah. the other. It was that's right. It was simply administrative, and the the mistake they made was releasing those administrative numbers to the public. There was no need to do that. It's so dumb, but it's so Korean. So, <laughs> so like so, Sungnimun Namdimun is is considered national uh, national treasure number one. Number one, best number one. And, and and people did think that it was the best. <laughs> The best, best national treasure number one but that's not and it was ranked number one by japan not ranked listed number one japan by japan simply because that's that was the right. first thing that the first it's thing right they thought outside their door that's right like, yeah. uh, walk out hey uh, there's, there's something right there let's call that that's the first one we're going to do right there right and then later in the 60s when when the korean government under pak jung he then established the the cultural properties administration which became the cultural heritage administration mm-hmm. that we have today um they followed that numbering system and then they added to it and then they, they changed they added their own laws and, and processes and stuff like that but the numbers don't mean anything so they made a huge mistake by numbering all these things on the, on the signboards. They should not have put the numbers there because it, it confused a lot of people and still confuses people. I still know people who think that the numbering actually is a ranking system. So they were like, well, what would be the point of it's, ranking? It's a, all these it's a filing system. That's what it is. It's all it is. And it, it's only administrative. It didn't need to be made public. Yeah, so, so dumb. Um, unfortunately I have a lot of, um, I'm very critical about lists like this. I'm critical of UNESCO World Heritage uh, uh, listings as well. Oh, I knew you would be. You're such a punk yeah. rocker. All right. <laughs> All right. So, um, but there there are so many of them now in Korea that they're almost meaningless. They almost just don't mean anything. Yeah, that's true. If everything is considered important heritage, then then everything's important. And so, therefore, none of it is valuable none of it is especially important right so so now we should rank it i mean (laughs) (laughs) and they just added they added like eight eight new uh buddhist temple gates just the gates like eight of them just just added this uh, a a few days ago so um they just i don't know it just it doesn't i saw national treasure number 835 today yeah it's funny because I know where certain ones are and I know what the numbers of certain ones. Um, 
some of them are in museums, but I know the locations of a few of them. Like number three is a, a monument that was erected on Bibong in Pukansan National, which is now Pukansan National Park, Samgaksan, mm-hmm. um, in in the five sixties, I think it is, and um, and it it was it was lost, showing that no one went up to the to to those peaks for hundreds of years, mm-hmm. and then they found it. And they're like, oh, this looks interesting. <laughs> looks pretty important. Are you bringing over so they, to Park Chung Hee so we can play with it a bit? Like well, those it was crowns? Found, <laughs> it was found in the 1800s. So um, oh, okay, if, okay. I'm, if I'm remembering right, it was brought down into Kyungbokung. And now it's in the National History Museum. Oh. So, But if you do go to Bibung today, if you climb up to Bibung, you will see uh, a replica of it that's on the oh, top. Oh, replica. They have a replica. Okay. There's we're also replica. in Asia. We're really big on replicas of historic objects and historic buildings. Yeah. And there's research done on that. Why we rebuild monuments. If anyone's interested, I may have mentioned this before. There's a book called uh, Fake Heritage by Jonathan Darlington. Oh. And, um, and he he's a heritage researcher and, um, and he does other, he's linked to other uh, geography and things like that as well. But he wrote this book about why we build monuments, why we rebuild monuments and how the rebuilding of monuments construes our understanding of them. Well, I don't know. Quite, quite interesting. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the rebuilt stuff. I, I say the contrast between um, Seoul and Gyeongju is mm-hmm. where, you know, Seoul, you don't have to use your imagination as much to imagine mm-hmm. how the process look. But you go to Gyeongju and you realize, oh my God, there's this giant fortress, but it looks like a giant lawn right now. <laughs> right. That's right. And that's why there, there's, and then there's value in ruins, right? So and there's value in ruins, but I think we just have to wait till we get our VR headsets going on so we can see what used to be there. <sighs> yeah. And a lot of places are doing stuff like that now. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Ooh, there you nice. go. That's the, there you go, Nancy. That's the difference between national treasures and treasures. Maybe, maybe some other time I'll talk about the whole listing of <clears throat> of of these things, the folklore ones, the intangible treasures, and stuff like that. But those are the two main ones. All right. Look forward to Good that question. episode, Sean. I'm not doing a whole episode on that. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck that shit. That'd be boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, people don't know there's there's this one. If you're if you're a patron, you will find that one episode. That's been edited out where Sean's doing all the talking and then he just stops it up. And then you just hear me going. Oh, you fell asleep. <laughs> I fell right. asleep during an episode. Yeah. So edit, edit it out for the, for the public release, but, <laughs> but the patrons get to hear me snoring. On the episode. Real and snoring. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I was like, Hey, Joe, Joe, <laughs> this is, it's not, it's not, it was a boring topic. It's just Sean's voice is so soothing. <laughs> all asleep. If that was last year, right? We were no, it was years week. ago. It was a couple of years ago. Was I was it that I, long ago. Yeah, no, I think I no, I was in my other apartment, so it was, it was over two years ago. Yeah, oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> okay, so next one. <laughs> All Let's right, go to the next one. This so, is from, yeah, Vera, Vera, Vera. So Vera hello, Vera. Hey, Vera. So hello, Vera. <laughs> so, um. Vera asked, who are some interesting little known Korean historical figures? That's a great question. All right. Um, I got a few. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I really want to do episodes. No, this one I want to do an episode on. It's a Giseng, which is a Korean, like a Korean geisha uh, named mm-hmm. uh, Hwang Jin E from the early Joseon era. She, she was born in 1506. Um, 
she's she's very uh independent very 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 feminist type of figure but also just enchanted men so much i love figures like this so uh, she was she was kind of born as a commoner and there's a story that um this nobleman uh fell in love with her and wanted to marry her but she wasn't allowed to marry her and he one of the stories is as he died of a broken heart and uh while his coffin was passing by her house it stopped because the 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 voice or she's reading poetry out loud and um and the coffin stopped on its own passing by her house because of the, the her beauty of her voice and so she went out and took out the outer layer of her outer skirts of her dress and draped it over the coffin so he wouldn't have to hear her anymore <laughs> I love that story. I love legend. that story. This woman's a legend. So I really want to do a show about her. She's she's yeah. amazing. Now this other yeah, person's she, huh? She, huh? I was going to say quick. You're saying she was reading poetry, but she was she was a very prolific uh, poet herself. Yeah, she was. She was. Yeah, and the sound of her was. voice when she was reading poetry. And yeah. I'll say just quick too. That is very similar. Completely unrelated. But you made me think. I just want to say it quick. Very similar to a legend around the death of Bela Lugosi. So when Lugosi died, so Dracula, the the, the famous Dracula in mm-hmm. the Universal Horror film, 1931 Dracula film. Um, when he died in the 50s, when his hearse was driving down the street, it just so happened to drive by his favorite, um, what do you call the, the cigar, hypothecary? A cigar, a cigar, cigar shop. Cigar shop. Cigar shop. Okay. I don't know what I'm thinking of, but a cigar <laughs> shop where, where Lugosi used to buy his cigars. The, the, the story goes, the legend says that when the hearse was driving by slowly, the driver couldn't control the car and it started turning towards the, the cigar shop. Oh. So Bela Lugosi was going back for one more smoke. It's been a long time since I had a cigar. Mm, me too yeah i don't smoke pipe. so i know but so. every now and then i do like one like once a year or so yeah it I'll, kills I'll, my palate yeah i'll smoke a cigar every four or five years or something yeah like that. it's a special occasion very special occasion thing right um another figure is not korean but i'm going to do a series on this dude his name is donald nichols and he's the person who was kind of a loser in the US military, but then was put into this position where he had to create America's spy network in South Korea. And he basically controlled South Korea, uh, especially during the Syngman Rhee administration. He basically con- had the, the ear of Syngman Rhee more so than the generals and everyone above him. This guy just had his own, he was basically what the current, who, who, who the character from uh, Apocalypse Now. Um, Colonel Which, clip clip. Oh, um, but anyway, yeah. he's basically him. Um, just, this is this guy who just created this whole cult of personality around him and created uh, the modern spy system that's in South Korea now. Uh, mm, and this guy was nuts. He was crazy. He was just bigger than life person and a pedophile. So oh. we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to praise him. We're not going to glorify him. He's, he's fucked. And, but, it's an interesting but you story. Gotta anyway. learn this person. You gotta know this person. Uh, he's so integral to 20th century Korean history. Wow, um, I don't know whole anything. series on this guy. Get started. I don't know anything about this guy, so get started. Yeah, it's 
next episode. Wow. Fascinating <laughs> as hell. Right. Yeah. Right. Cool. So for me, um, probably one of my favorite historical figures, Korean historical figures um, is a man named Manjok and uh, no, no surname. Uh, because Koreans didn't really have surnames uh, uh, until really like until the peasant uprisings. Yeah. Um, well, um, much, much later, like, like, the, like in the late, late 1800s and a the, different peasant like, uprising. Yeah. So, yes. So, um, so Manjuk was a leader of uh, one of many, several uh, 12, late 12th century peasant uprisings. And, uh, he what's interesting. So, so at that time, the, the peasants were, of course, the slaves and whatnot. They they were pissed off. So they had these uprisings. And they were fighting against the, the the government. And there were several of them. And then in 1198, Manjuk led an uprising. Uh, and he, he has a very famous speech about how um, the, any becoming a general or uh, within upper government wasn't something that you had within you as uh, because of your social class. It was a very honest Confucian view of things because even though he very likely wasn't Confucian, but in Confucianism, it says Kings must be kingly. And if a King Mm. isn't kingly, they're not a true King, right? You have to have, but, but a peasant can be kingly can have the attributes and the virtues that should be associated with true kings. Mm. So that's somewhat what Manjuk was talking about, but he also advocated uh, to the people, to his you know, the fellow slaves and peasants to kill their masters, burn the slave records and seize power. <laughs> so, oh my God. That is so you, Sean. So, so um, ultimately, of course, they failed. Uh, it failed and they were all executed. So oh, that's just, that's so you, Sean. Yeah, that too. Fail, failure, execution. Failure and execution, yeah. <laughs> yeah or so, fail to execute, yeah. Fail to execute. <laughs> fail to follow through. Ah! And so it, it represents a really early efforts in Korea to fight back against the elites, the royalty, nobility, uh, which I love. And I wish these things were a little bit more praised in korea i because uh, i'm the idea of like sejong the great it's like who cares he was a fucking king who gives a shit i want to know more about these people people yeah. like that people whose stories are mostly lost to history did, who did stuff without having you know without being born on third base you know that, that's right exactly so yeah. um everything after if you, we talk about privilege a lot it's a big it's a big issue in modern times and how we talk about people are born with privilege that's the royalty and the nobility they're born with privilege so so um yeah i'm so manjuk is one of my favorite little known korean historical figures hmm, very cool um this is from alina alina thank mm. you for writing us why doesn't the lunar new year uh. start on the full moon wouldn't that make more sense Right. Um, what song, song soundtrack do you got playing here for this joke? New moon on Monday. Monday. Hammering into the night. Oh, shit. What's that little lyric? Oh, my God. Mary Beth's going to really yell at me. That's a, a good song, though. New <laughs> on a cool day with a lonely satellite. All right. There we go. Right. There we go. There Se- there we go. Seven in the Ragged Tiger. 
Is that what the album's from? Uh, the, the album's from? Okay. Yep. Seven in the Ragged Tiger. 1983. 40 years ago. Um, anyway. So, yes. Yeah, so, Alina, um, uh, why so why doesn't the lunar new year start on the full moon and, and alina's wondering wouldn't that make more sense um no that wouldn't make more sense um the it starts on a new moon the lunar new year always starts on a new moon it's usually the second new moon after dongji which is the winter solstice or sometimes the third new moon depending if it's a a, a leap year um but usually it's the second new moon because it's a new moon it, it's 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 yeah. the starting starting of the lunar phase and the, the, the in the west we do that too that's the start yeah, of, it, is the is when it's dark that's the that's the start of a new lunar phase yes right well that, i mean so that's the that's, right that's the, the the beginning of the lunar cycle which yeah it's a new cycle so it's a new cycle it, yeah so it makes more sense to start a new year during a new moon right during that's the, the beginning moon. of a lunar, right and then on monday and then yeah um, so then roughly two weeks later uh the full moon occurs and the full moon is the middle of a lunar phase it's the middle phase of the lunar cycle yes. so so um it's when so, the pants are completely down yes and uh that's when a lot of uh historically in korea a lot of uh major events took place, like jungle debutum the first full moon of the new year and what uh-huh. which is coming yep. up yep not yep. far yep. oh fun days. fun yeah so Nuts. um and so um yeah so great question i think i i like that question because i think maybe a lot of people don't realize it, that it clears what, things up it does clear things up because you know full moons just sound really cool yeah mm. yeah yeah and, you know yeah it's good so full moons are important very very important to korean folk tradition and folk history but uh not for the beginning of a year that is the new moon it's the new fa- it's the beginning of the phase so that's why all right all right next question and this is a cool question too and i've heard this i, I get this now and again uh but we've never been asked this um is raw octopus really dangerous to eat and this comes from sarah for a while yeah um, and i th- and I, I think, think you mean, this I think is, you mean the semi-live octopus or the live octopus. Yeah. I think that's octopus. I think Sarah means the sanakji. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So most every time you're going to get sanakji, and there are other. You can also get sanojinga. You can also get other creatures that are still moving as well. But the most graphic one is the the baby, the little octopus, the sanakji. It's chopped up. That's really you're even if you try to choke on it you're not going to choke on it it's just going to kiss if it's going to kiss your lips if anything it's not going to be that bad the only one you hear stuff about is people that are eating a whole octopus with Mm. their teeth and i've done it once it is not fun at all and most (laughs) restaurants will not do that for you they will they they will not let you do that because it is there is a risk really they don't want yeah they don't want Uh, that liability. liability right yeah um it is not it takes you i've timed it i did it once and then i one of my guests did it one time uh, and he, he had me um live instagram him doing it and i had to warn him it takes 15 minutes to chew mm. imagine chewing something for 15 minutes that's not bubble gum something that's fighting yeah. to get out of your mouth Right. <laughs> it is traumatic. I've never will ever do that. In fact, I've kind of don't eat the the squirming octopus anymore. Uh 
I try to avoid it because it traumatized me when I ate a whole one. I ate it for TV too. That never got aired. Um, <sighs> Worst of all, oh, yeah, God. it was for ABC. Ooh, ABC kick, News. Kick, Ooh. kick you when you're down. Yeah, uh, it was. It was traumatic. I don't ever want to kill something with my teeth again. That was rough. Um, but mm-hmm. no, it, it, it can be dangerous. There's stories of there. There was a story years and years ago, down in the south, a woman was eating um, an octopus, and it was a male octopus, and he 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 stuck his semen sack in the back of her throat. Uh, <laughs> what? Because you know, you might as well. I mean, if you're going down, you might as well get something. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because there's something about. <laughs> They, they put out and they sliced, sliced her back of her throat, stuck the semen sack in the back, in the back of her throat, and she had to go to the hospital because of that. It was in the news. Fucking hell. God yeah, that was a long time. It, was, it might have been 10 years ago when that happened. Over 10 years ago. Jesus. Yeah, no, just don't Jesus. do it. Just, you know, just, just, when you, but when you get it up at the most any market that's going to serve, any, any restaurant that's going to serve it to you, it's going to be chopped up. It's totally fine. <laughs> It's totally fine. Right. In fact, in fact, so some of them are so slow that it's already stopped moving by the time it comes to your table. So you got to yeah, wake you it up a, a bit. bit. You got to wake it up. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's it. But if you're curious about it, um, it doesn't really taste like anything. It's usually covered with a little sesame oil and salt, and it tastes like sesame oil and salt. Uh, there's there's a texture thing. It's all about it's all about the texture of it kissing you with its all the tiny little suckers, which is kind of tickles. It kind of tickles. Yeah, that's it. There's nothing really flavorful about it. Nothing really that special about it. I would say the same thing about dog meat. Nothing special about it at all, which is why I don't eat it anymore. I only had it a few times uh, back in the day. I admit I have it. I've, a lot of these things. I've, I've still never eaten whale meat. I don't think I ever will. Um, but all the all that all that extreme food shit. Um, yeah, uh, cruel stuff. I don't want to eat any cruel stuff. Right. And and a lot of I think a lot of. The raw octopus, the 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 squirming octopus is a little cruel. So I'm trying to right. it. Right. Yeah, there you go. I've never had a full one. I've had I've had sandak tea several times. I do enjoy it. It's not something I'd be able to eat all the time. No. I have it maybe once a year, maybe. Um, but um, first time I had it was in Sokcho years ago. Mm. Years yeah, ago, 20, 20 years ago, twenty two years ago or something. Oh, I remember because <laughs> it was because because we're I'm sitting right on the ocean, Sokcho, and it came out, and I was like, "What, what, what, what in the Christ is that? Holy pack! What is that?" <laughs> so, um, yeah, I remember. Yeah. So it was, it was 2008, and um, uh, I'm still a young food blogger and stuff. And I was contacted by a friend of a friend that said this this one TV show in America called Bizarre Foods. They're frustrated with their Korean handlers because they're not really getting the gist of the show. They didn't mm. know they're not really getting what Bizarre Foods. They keep wanting to show like what they want to showcase about Korea. Oh, yeah, bulgogi right. is bizarre, or something like that. <laughs> And they had me. They set me up with a talk with their producer, and I talked to the producer, and I said, "Yeah, have you tried the live octopus and all this stuff?" They're like, "What? That? Mm. Yeah, yeah, we got this. I mean, we got this fermented skate that tastes like uh, you, you know, tastes like Oof. pee. Yeah, and like what? That and like, oh my god, we found the person to help us with our show. Yeah, because mm. I knew all the weird stuff. I knew the stuff that people wanted, the blowfish and all that stuff. You know, and so mm. yeah, we we helped do that show. That was our, that was our first real media gig. Was was doing bizarre foods. And right. and and the 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 scene with him and the octopus is pretty entertaining. Yeah, and oh, the fermented skate is really entertaining because he hated it. He hated it. Yeah, <laughs> you can find that on YouTube. 
I don't blame them. The the strangest thing that I was ever and I was tricked into eating it um, was raw shark liver. Oh, you know what though? How what did you think of that? Uh, it, it fucking grossed me out. It was disgusting. It was just so oily. It was gross. A couple of years ago, I took uh, the, 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 by request a couple of French French tour, uh, guests to a hongal from an escape place, and they were apologizing because they didn't have any pork, which you just serve with it for somehow because mm. it helps mm. balance everything out. <laughs> so to make it up for us, they served us the liver of the fermented skate. Dude, it was better than foie gras. It was delicious. Mm. I got to get that again. That was in the French people were like, even they were saying that was better than a frog gras. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. There you go. Yeah. All right. Hey, Sarah. Thanks. Uh, thank you. So, uh, that is that's also a good question because that's something I think a lot of people. Because I remember just last thing to say on this: a couple of years ago, I think maybe pre-pandemic, the Korean government did probably the Ministry of Tourism did a, a survey at. Incheon Airport asking people leaving the country, uh, mm. what food did they were they most curious about but didn't try because of and then why why didn't they try it? And the number one answer was sanakji, mm. was the, the the chopped up raw, yeah, raw octopus. And so, and I would say uh, the show I worked on was one of the ones that started getting it popular. Say, hey, mm. so was me. That was me. There you go. Yeah. right what's next joe what we got all right uh have you heard of any new haunting these days these are from this is from tom all right um yeah there's a few that i've um because i'm re always recording stuff and interviewing people and recording stuff probably one that's more of um of interest to listeners would be um and joe i've told you this uh soul city hall yeah, I mentioned on my tours now. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but uh, yeah, there's a new ghost in Soul City Hall. You can figure yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So at Soul City Hall, and just which you can access is the City Hall station, uh, come out of gate two or three, and it's right there. And um, it's on the other side of the street, though. There's no gate that actually comes up in front of it. You have to you have to come up out of the gate and then cross this. Oh no, you can access from from underground. Yeah, yes, you can. Sorry, that's that's my mistake. Um, anyway, so uh, anyway, so the um, yes, the current the new city hall building is supposed to be haunted by a uh, the ghost of a very well known person. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to say who it is either. I mm -hmm. think. It's the kind of thing that's still kind of raw and fresh. Yeah. For a lot of people. So, so keep it, yeah, I was um, looking for that too. I was looking for raw and fresh stuff. It's, it's kind of just cynical. So I, I did search. I have not found anything related to the Itaewon Halloween disaster. No one said any, any ghost right. from that. And it's, yeah. it's just something about that. It just feels to me that feels exploitative. It feels a little, I don't know. It feels like a, to me, it feels like a lot of true crime podcasts. <laughs> just a little too callous and exploitative yeah yeah i always try to avoid stuff like that on a, on a broad scale like on a podcast or something um because about a year or so after the Sewol ferry uh disaster there were claims of ghosts being seen ghosts of high school kids in uniform mm. wandering wandering the shore 
Mm. So, um, and, uh, and these were coming from people who, um, were going there to kind of pay respects. So claims, these are claims. So they're legends, uh, urban legends of the area. Uh, I'd imagine that something's going to come up soon about Itaewon. You'll hear something in a year or two about Itaewon. It's probably still a little bit too new. It's too new. It's too new. Give, give yeah. it another year. Well, and looking, uh, my I was, guess you'll find I was looking something specifically for ghost stories in the Hamilton hotel. Things like that. No, I know. Crazy. I know. I know three haunted hotels in Seoul. Yeah, you do. I know you, there's one on your tour. One on my tour. Yeah. Yeah. The extended tour. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. So there, yes. So yes, according allegedly, I think the one that's most, like I said, city hall, that's probably the one that would be most of most interest to, to our listeners. Mm. Okay. All right. So, uh, next one, um, well, we have I a few did. more left. We're gonna have to speed this up. Okay, okay let's let, let's let's jam through these. So this oh, next boy. one, this next one, there's three left. Uh, uh, two, yes, three left. So, um, yeah, the, I I don't really have an answer for this. Uh, this came from uh, Eva, uh, and Eva sends us um, a lot of questions. She she comments a lot on our posts and oh, our Eva. stories, and and um, so one of our, our big fans. So. Uh, and Eva asks, what is an historical fact that made you think that explains a lot? Hmm. Well, if you ever watched Joe's James Burke's connections, I think his name is James Burke. Uh, the most fascinating thing to me is the invention of the stirrup and horses hmm. and horse riding that led to modern, modern tanks and warfare. But Korea. Talk about Korea. <laughs> talk about Korea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes point out Hung Son Daewangun, which we talked about way, 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 way back about the massacre of the 1860s. Um, so, um, he, he didn't like, he didn't like this foreign menace called Christianity and he killed a bunch of Catholics, including a bunch of French missionaries. I'm just going to summarize this up. This just led to a lot of stuff that we're dealing with today. Um, Killed a bunch of a few French missionaries are caught up in his executions. Uh, word got back to uh, French people over in Beijing. They got pissed off. They sent they sent boats over to teach a lesson. That fucked up too. Uh, and they they detect the boats. The boats you know didn't do well. So they brought in more and more western. They started bringing more attention from the westerners because Korea was not really broke. No one paid attention to Korea. People paid attention to Japan, but not Korea. And so, in China. They, well, in China, yeah, yeah, but, but I'm talking about in that part of the world in China, in Japan, but they were skipping over Korea because back yeah. the back then, like today, Korea is is Asia's flyover, mm-hmm. and uh, so um, they started getting more attention from the West, and they kept just kept trying to open up, opening up, opening up Korea. Uh, the General Sherman, the American American ship, they got burned down. Um, and it led to when the Hung Son Daewangun was was pushed out of power by the Chinese. Um, it, it then it started opening up to Westerners coming in, and then it came to this big Game of Thrones style fighting between all these different world powers: Japan, China, U.S., Great Britain, Russia, Germany. All of them fighting over Korea, fighting some way of influencing Korea. It's really hard changing changing alliances all the time, which is why compared to Game of Thrones, because you if you read a lot of Game of Thrones, you can't follow who's allied with who. It changes all the time. Same thing with with late late nineteenth century Joseon politics. 
then um it led to finally uh, japan get into a little fight over russia where japan won and they're able to get russia out they were able to get china out they're able to take over korea turn it into a colony which uh, gave it a foothold into the mainland of asia which led to its its role in world war ii um which uh led to after world war ii russia kind of wanted its little piece of korea back so rushed right in right after right after japan's surrender took over the north the allies took over the south led to north and south korea which is a little situation we still with to deal with today just because hung sun daewon gun killed maybe like a few french missionaries back in the 1860s that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Joe read all that. And he, Joe read all that, and he's like, "That explains a lot." <laughs> yeah, it just leads, I mean, yeah. it's just one thing leads to another. Right, right. And I think I, because I'm not, I'm not a, um, not a historian, so I think uh, uh, my my view doesn't. I, I, I can't. I don't connect a lot of things from the past with the future, so uh, or the present. So, um, uh, so yeah, I couldn't think of anything in particular oh, but that answer is great that's what that's the way my brain works in fact it's like how my mm. strengths have told me that uh, my therapist has told me that. that's the way my brain works is i'm i'm I have this thing of connecting things like that mm-hmm. that's my thing right. that's my curse right. and my talent right your curse your your blessing and your curse <laughs> yes hey okay. sean yeah gumflower oh great, great any, name by the way in fact i thought that was the name of the new mascot uh any thoughts on the new no. city mascots <laughs> i thought it was called oh. gumflower so i was looking i was searching the internet for gumflower oh really <laughs> yeah i was looking for like maybe it was goonflower like golden flower or something like that goom goat or something like that i was looking for that yeah gumflower the gumflower asked us yeah our thoughts on the new soul city mascots um so... I, d- I didn't even know about that until now oh okay so um yeah, so uh, I guess it's a couple of weeks ago now, two or three weeks ago. Seoul, okay, kind of announced new mascots, but just updated its mascots. So the Seoul City mascot is a Hete, a Hechi. Hechi! Yeah, which is a mythological creature that's linked generally to justice in the Korean Korean lore. Um scaly body often is said to have a horn on the front um they sometimes when i see it in english they describe it as the korean unicorn i hate that description to me it looks like a lion yeah like so it's supposed to have like a a scaly lion's body and stuff remember there were lions in asia a long time ago that's Mm. it's not just an african thing there were the asian lions Mm. and whatnot so that's how asians knew about lions because they were there they were here um and uh so it's a mythological creature that's based from chinese lore disseminated into korea and that's been a big part of korean tradition for a very very long time Mm -hmm. so and it's been the mascot of the city i i i guess the official mascot for 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 about 15 years yeah i remember on the old soul podcast i remember when they first announced it and we we made actually made a little skit about it when they first announced it yeah right so you see in the old one and it has it wears a bell it wears a bell around its neck and stuff like that and it it, it signifies <laughs> so um, does it sneak up on birds 
<laughs> well, well, it hates injustice. So whenever it sees uh, justice, it swoops in and, and then takes care of the situation. Okay. So it was a symbol. It was a symbol for the aristocracy in the in, in Chosun. Okay. So especially especially for lawmakers and uh, magistrates and people like that. So this isn't new. That's been the mask, the official mascot for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, there was a tiger, um, and what they've done, they've just updated the way the Hechi looks by uh, far. Totally. I don't like it. It's goofy. It's, it looks I, like I, something from adventure time. It does. It does. Or um, happy tree friends. Happy, happy tree, tree friends. Happy, exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and so I don't like the new design very much. It's just too goofy looking. Yeah, I mean, um, so, I mean, it's okay. I don't know. It doesn't really offend fine. me that much. It's just no, such care, a it's but... such a change. It's such a real. What? How are they going to use it? I don't know. Yeah, well, they'll use it the way they've used the previous one. It'll just be on it'll be on signboards and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, but what's new, other than the the updated design of of Hechi, mm-hmm. uh, is that they've also added uh, four like four friends, but. Uh, these aren't just regular friends. Um, they're actually from directly from lore, from folklore, like the Hechi mm-hmm. is, which is interesting. I think maybe a lot of people don't realize this. Uh, there is a bird. There is, um, what is it? A dragon, uh, the tiger, and a turtle. But it's actually, ah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a tortoise. But these are the, the Sasu. Which are the four beasts, also called the Sashin, so the like four gods. Ang- they look like from Angry Birds or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and the designs, of course, are cutesy and goofy. Very cutesy, like Powerpuff Girlsy kind of. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird, but I I do like that they have those because so those four yeah. beasts, the the Sasu, it's the Eastern Blue Dragon, uh, which we're in the year of the Eastern Blue Dragon right now, uh, so very timely. Uh, the Southern Vermilion Bird. Or the red bird, essentially reddish mm-hmm. orange bird, um, the western white tiger, and the northern black tortoise. Right. So the, these these are actual characters from folk tradition, and they've come just up with like, personalities for all these too. Yeah, we don't need to get into that. No, we're not <laughs> have to get just, into that. But it does it does yeah, seem like yeah. it does seem like entry level branding class at the university? Yeah. yeah. So I think I think I really do like that these are folk uh folk icons uh their 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 iconography from folk korean folk tradition east asian folk tradition i really enjoy that i don't like that most people don't know that i think that's mm-hmm. unfortunate because who are these mascots for they're not are, if they're aimed at koreans then fine most koreans will probably guess what these are though i'm going to guess that not not a lot of younger people know the sasu the four beasts um or the sashin the four uh gods um and if they're for foreigners foreigners have no idea what these things are they just look they just look like weird characters and they have no idea what their connection is to to korea the personalities they have for these are really funny i'm sorry and so <laughs> but so i like it but so but overall too my my view is these things aren't necessary. Cities don't need official mascots. Korea has this fetish with mascots and slogans and stuff. Yeah, Completely just, unnecessary. Just to, waste yeah, of just money. To, just to justify people's positions in the government. Just They're make-work projects. I'm certain these yeah. are make-work projects. Yeah. To, just to spend money. That's all they're for. Because they don't... 
um they they don't they have no they have no impact on tourism none i'm curious i'm more I look at this though i'm like i really want to see what they do with them um i guess they're just going to do what they've been doing you you know you're, they're going to do like a little animated shorts of them on the buses and stuff you know on, on the yeah, bus probably. TVs, bus monitors and stuff they're gonna make little animated shorts with these because they've come up with these these characterizations and their relationship with each other and their backstories for each one and they're mm-hmm. kind of goofy like one is really into coffee and, and one's really into taekwondo and and, and really? yeah, he has a body the persona of a part-time worker at both a convenience store and a gas station, but presently looking for a job. What? What the fuck <laughs> is says? that? That's so weird. That's the that's the tiger one. Yeah, yeah. I, w- <laughs> I wonder then if they are going to make some animated shorts about them. It looks like they're going to, which kind of curious will happen. Yeah. 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 So anyway, waste of money. They should be pumping that money into into following tourism trends and uh, mascots. City mascots have nothing to do with tourism trends. So, yeah. so, it's, but uh, there. So, so my just again, I, I think they're. I, I love that they're all related to to, to folklore, um, but ultimately, I think they're useless. They, they they will have no impact on tourism, which is the whole point of a mascot. Okay. So, all right. There you go. All right. And let's do one more. One more. So, okay. Quite this one. Uh, I'll, I'll read this one out, Joe, and uh, I'll answer very quickly. Cause I have a very short answer to this one. Yours is <laughs> definitely longer than mine. Um, oh, you do, first. do you, do you guys do any of those Korean skincare routines? And this is from Tina. Uh, <laughs> so uh, of course, this has been following is, my Instagram. <laughs> I, I like, this is a good question. And, and I decided to, cause we, I tried to keep questions that were linked. I think I already said at the beginning to, to history, folklore, culture, and maybe some uh, one or two that could link to tourism. <clears throat> and um, I kept this one in because the, the skincare routine things in Korea definitely are uh, linked modern culture and uh, also tourism. People come to Korea specifically to get masks and stuff. These, these skincare yeah, masks. masks. Yeah. So, so it is important to modern Korea. Uh, my answer very short. No, I don't do anything. I don't have no inclination to do anything like that. Um, I have a beard. I trim my beard. Uh, so it, it doesn't get unwieldy. Uh, when I get really old though, I'm just simply, cause I have white in the, in the chin part of my beard. When I get older, I'm just going to let that grow. <laughs> Um, but I trim it now, maybe once or twice a month. Um, I keep it clean. I just wash it when I'm showering. I put shampoo in it, keep it clean. And I use charcoal soap. How do you stay so young? I use shampoo. I, use I wash shampoo. my face with shampoo. That's the line. Yeah. From the <laughs> wash my face with shampoo. I wash but my for, face with shampoo. <laughs> but I, for soap, for, for facial, I use charcoal soap. I've been using that since I was a teenager. Mm. And I, I just, I find that just works well. My old man used charcoal soap. And so. So do I. So I liked it. And I do all that when I shower. I don't have any routine. I just get up, shower shit and shave. <laughs> that's all. That's, mm, that's, that's what I do. I'm, yeah. I'm very, I'm very meat and potatoes when it comes to, uh, to keeping myself to my hygiene. Very, very basically clean. Yeah. Uh, no routines at all. No. Mm. Um, yeah, this is where okay, I, everyone really, get comfortable. I really, I really learned from EJ. I really, um, mm. 
has really she's taught me a lot about hygiene and taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't believe what I used to be before I came to Korea. Pretty close. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'll just say the easy one is during the day. So I tend to use there's a lot. Uh, okay, if you go to all of Young, they actually have a whole men's section. All this fun stuff from skincare, guy liner, whatever you want. It's all for men. Um, eyeliner? What's that? Guy liner. It's eyeliner for guys. So you look like a rock star. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look like you're from Motley Crue or something. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. Like Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, you mm. look like uh, yeah. Um, so um, okay. The daytime is just very simple. When I get out of the shower, I do have a special. I, oh, by the way, I use most of my products I use is from Ideal, just because that's just the line I'm using. You can find other lines. It's called Ideal. Um, uh, the daytime, I use a lotion that has a SPF in it. I, I just recommend to everyone just use something with SPF when you're going out during the day. Um, just if you want to stay young, you got to you put sunblock on and just shade your face all the time, shade yourself. Um, nighttime routine. Um, all right, I use a foam, a, a, a cleansing foam, uh, hot water. Uh, I got a little bit, and then I use a toner. Uh, I got a little pad, put the toner on because I actually gets the skin prepared to absorb the next thing that comes up. You let that dry off a little bit. And then I have a, uh, anti-aging, uh, cream cause I'm turning 50 next week. So I'm freaking out. <laughs> anti-aging uh, cream, anti-aging cream. This was a tight little bit. The yellow emperor. Yeah. I put that, put that in. Oh no, there's a way you put it in. You don't just rub it in. This little thing that EJ taught me is, is you do this. I don't think you can hear this, but you, you tap yep. it into your skin. Smack it in. Smack it into your skin. Um, and then I finish with um, eye cream. Again, eye cream, you put it on the bottom, on the bags of your eyes, put in little dollops. And then you don't use your four fingers. You use your ring fingers to tap, lightly tap it into your eyes. And then I'm done. That's it. That's my, that's my, that's my skincare routine. <laughs> Why your ring fingers? Uh, because your, 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 your pointer fingers will be too rough. Your, your, your ring fingers, when you use your ring fingers, it, it puts in just the right amount of pressure. I want I to see that. the science. Bo- I, I want to see the science behind this. I learned that from I YouTube. I learned it from YouTube. Okay. YouTubers yeah. are also saying the Earth is flat, Joe. Yeah. Well, he was. You know, <laughs> he looks like he knew what he was doing. Anyway, that's what and then, doing. then how is guy liner different from just eyeliners? Is it just marketing? Just marketing. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So I thought because I, I as soon as you said that, I was like, how is it different? Like what is it? Is there's there's, there's still... if you go in there, there's a special there's eyeliner, there's lipstick, there's special makeup for guys in that area. It's not really mm-hmm. large, but it's it's mm-hmm. okay. It's, it's it's not like it's not like red. It's like it's kind of like a neutral. It's kind of a neutral tone lipstick you can put on. And I sometimes put on if I'm doing like a dark side or I'm going to a, doing a costume, I put on the guy liner, and I think I look pretty hot when I put on the guy liner. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I look really rock and roll when I put on the guy liner. I like it, um, but I just can't go on the subway wearing the guy liner. But I like it. Uh, I don't know. I like, you know, I like it looking good. If you do that, man, I don't know. Just you know, it, it, girls, girls like that, and uh, I like to be what girls, you know, girls like it. You know, because it takes a really, it takes a really masculine man to wear makeup. I don't care what girls like. Girls have cooties. <laughs> <what> girls like. <laughs> you know girls like that um anyway anyway that's that's my skincare routine 
Another thing that I Korea, I do love Olive Young. I, I really have fun at Olive. I went by there today. <laughs> my favorite place. I don't go in because I, I, I just don't don't buy any of this stuff. But <laughs> my favorite place is It's Skin. It's Skin. <laughs> it's just the name of like a horror film. Oh my god! It's It's Skin. It's skin. It's skin. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another thing that I do, I drink tons of water. Water, really hydrate, do. hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Yeah, I do drink a lot of water. Uh, lots of SPF in, in water. Yep, those are the basic ones you should do. Just just keep your uh, keep your skin out of the sun as much. I mean, you're supposed to get a little bit of vitamin D if you listen to Huberman, Huberman Lab. First thing you do in the morning, open up your curtains, say hello to the sun, so, you know, get that vitamin D going on. But don't overexpose yourself to that vitamin D. Yeah, I mean that's that's just good practice for yeah. for your general health, not only your skin. I think um, yeah. ca- like um, cancer. <laughs> so yeah, well, yeah, um, like I said, yeah. you, you tan leather, you don't tan skin. Mm, mm. So I put suntan lotion on. Yeah, SPF. Always put something with us. That's my morning. My my daytime lotion is SPF, and nighttime is anti aging. Yeah, and my I will never put anything on under like spf 30 i was it's if i'm if i'm going into the uh if i'm going hiking and stuff like that in the summer mm-hmm. where i'm and then i have my arms are exposed because yeah. I'll, I'll i turn very dark when i tan yeah uh and then uh so it so uh, and i always wear a hat i wear a fedora yeah. when i when i hike um that i mean i don't like that's just good i think everyone it's just good practice yeah it's good practice to do that um something else i learned when i was really young about self tanning lotion Mm -hmm. don't masturbate with it what what (laughs) masturbating with self tanning lotion yeah everything turns orange (laughs) just a joke yeah yeah so what based, number based on SPF a true story <laughs> that's a joke based on a true story right it's a funny true story what <laughs> what 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 number is the spf so like i will mm, like i said i never I do, the I lowest i'll go is 30 i do right. 20 or 30 yeah if i'm if i'm in the outdoors and i'm in, in the outdoors a lot uh, in the mountains and stuff yeah in the summer it'll be 30 and but i mean also it's something to think if people don't realize if you're in the outdoors in the winter and there's a lot of snow you will yeah. get ta- you will get tanned yeah because the, you the radiation right. off the snow yeah and yeah and, and i use um when i'm outside in that i i like to get a uh, spray on sun cream we call it sun cream in korea and, and well everywhere except the u.s we call it sun cream sun cream not sunscreen um right. spray on stuff is really convenient and it smells like coconut mm. i like that Take a lime in the coconut mm-hmm. So there we go. There's our questions. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Those were good questions. So the ones that we didn't answer, sorry, maybe we'll hold on to them for another. Maybe if this gets a good fun, reaction. Man, man yeah, maybe the episode. Wow. Yeah, if we get a if we get a, 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 a good reaction, maybe we'll do this again in the future. All right. Alrighty. Well, all right. So um, no media recommendations, I guess. Um, so uh, just point out, we do no. have our comics. You can get over at Dyson Comics Cafe um by the time this is released i think the drawing the the drink and draw thing is is done probably or or be that day it'll be that day so next time just follow us on instagram and facebook for the next event that we're doing 
Um, the Dark Side of Soul podcast is produced by Joe McPherson and Sean Morrissey. Our opening and closing music is by Sardex Sound, which you can find on Bandcamp under Jeju Digital. We'd like to thank our top-tier patrons, Angel Earl, Joel Bonamini, Sharon Cullen, Devin Hifner, Gabby Palomino, Steve Marsh, Mitchie Brewer, Ron Chang, Mackenzie Moore, Hunter Winter, Cecilia Lufgren de Ma, Emily Umbau, Josephine Reedberg, David Weatherly, Janice Song, David Buchanan, and Edward Bradford. Thank you so much for helping us keep this thing going. Uh, you too can join this group, this wonderfully well SPF coded group on uh by going to patreon.com slash dark side of soul starting at just five dollars a month you can get a lot of extra content if you go up to twenty dollars a month you get to join our private chat room and be listed on the show and i'll get a lot and get you actually get extra swag sent to you every month to your mailbox um just make sure that everyone else in your household knows you're going to get it or they're going to freak out because of the stuff we send <laughs> all right everyone until next time stay spooky good night